to this week's Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. All right, Paul, how's your week been, mate? Busy? Yeah, yeah, busy as usual, mate. Moved house yesterday, um, so that was a bit of a busy day. Back in work today, but yeah, all good, mate. Settling in our new house. We had uh, a nice uh, firm from Salford moved us in. Buckley removals and storage. Lovely lads. I'll give them a shout out on the podcast because they were from uh, Weiss near the stadium. And uh, Salt of the Earth, really good lads. Never stopped laughing all day long. And uh, they sorted us out yesterday. So, yeah, if you ever want some stuff moving, give them lads a shout because they're absolutely 10 out of 10. But, yeah, we're all, we're all good, mate. We're doing, we're doing well, mate. Looking forward to the match on Friday and, and a day off on Friday as well. Yeah. <laughs> a long Obviously, being, a long being the man of the people, Paul, don't give your new address out because they'll be they'll be round the, 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 uh, your fans. Oh, it was, well, I had someone round today. Roy Ellaby came round today. Already? Oh, really? Roy literally lives, uh, if you come out of my street, Roy lives about 100 yards away from me. Wow. So um, he came round today and posted a card through while I was at work, which is very nice of him. So thank you very much, Roy. Much appreciated. Brilliant. I had a, I had a good weekend as well. Obviously, uh, my mum's 70th birthday, so we had a socially distanced uh, birthday party in the back garden, uh, which was good. And then on Monday, um, me and my dad were going to have a balloon ride. Uh, from the Barton Airport, but got cancelled through to low crowd, low cloud and rain, which is a bit disappointing. One I thought the weather was alright on Monday. Yeah. It wasn't at five o'clock in the morning. Ah, right. I think is I had to do it at that time, just so that they avoid planes. I think. Ah, um, right. But yeah, disappointing. But hopefully we'll uh, we'll get up the uh, get in the skies and and oh, it's fancy the balloon ride. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Did a bungee jump once. I know it's. it's different like but supposed to be exciting so i thought yeah i'll give it a go with my dad sent his 70th birthday uh present so good stuff anyway also joins on the show we've got paul parking how's how's your been how's your week been packy um not as stressful as anybody else's i don't think i've been sat in the sun i think for most of it <laughs> um yeah you, you mentioned rain then i was trying to remember what it was yeah um no not an awful lot really um just just plodding along but um it's a strange weekend, wasn't it, as well, with the two, you know, with the Challenge Cup games and then nothing else. It, it, sort of, uh, it was all sort of cramped in. Um, so I missed a bit of rugby this week, but uh, I watched the Origin this morning. Uh, that was, uh, that was you know, good fun. Um, but yeah, no, I've had, a, I've had a pretty good week. I've been just enjoying the weather more than anything. I'm not jumping out of a balloon and I'm not moving house. So <laughs> either way, I win, I think. You do, Pac, you do in a way. Uh, there's loads of to go on at uh, this week. All the big news coming from the club. Uh, and then we're going to preview the uh, the Hulky R game. And we've got all the amateur new results and fixtures uh, for this week to go through as well. So it's lots and lots to talk about on the show. And we're going to start all the big news coming out of the club this week. So we'll start with the, the big news of uh, Chris Naninu. Uh, the club have released a statement regarding his punishment. They've fined him four weeks' wages and banned him for two months for his activities on social media in the last uh, few uh, weeks. Uh, obviously, we know what he did. We don't want to talk, sort of talk about it. We'll talk about how the club's reacted to it, uh, Parky, and I, I think they've done really well. Yeah, I think they've handled it just perfectly, really. Um, whether you, you know, like you say, we're not going to talk about the actual, you know, incident or whatever itself, whether you agree or not, you can't fault the club or, or anybody else in the authorities for what, you know, the way they've gone about it. They uh, they nailed it straight away. You know, they, they've called him in. They've said, you know, you're not going to play until we've had, we've had this. We've gone through all the processes. 
all you know right and proper and they've come out with a well a result that you can't complain and I think they've done really well I think uh, obviously I, you know I'm sure uh, Inu's not not too chuffed at losing a month's wage but these think this is the right way to do it and I think um, as tough as it is for us as fans and, and as for the team as well losing him for, for that period it, they've handled it perfectly and that's that's the right result they, and I think they come out of it with great credit Yeah I, I agree with that Paul you know obviously they're going to put him on sort of an educational program at the uh, at the university uh, to educate him on on, on so what 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 happened and and how it was wrong and I think it's great. Obviously, we're talking about the club being a community club and having having the right sort of um, ethics and 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 they've done the right thing there is giving him the, the the opportunity to to learn and 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 sort of move on from this. Yeah, I think you're right as well. I think this in this day and age now. Far too often, people seem to get the book thrown at them for things, um, and there's no second chances. And and sometimes, you know, perhaps if you just apologise and, and learn from your mistakes, I mean, you, you shouldn't just be thrown under a bus. I think I think it's right. I think you need punishing. Yeah, that if you obviously you've broken a club protocol, I think when you sign for a club, you must have to sign some sort of um, charter to to say you're going to behave yourself and things like that, and you're not going to bring the club into disrepute, which I'm sure he probably did. And and yeah, it's good to see that the club have, have stood by him and not just got rid of him. I think I think the club have handled it very very professionally and they'll get a lot of credit for that. So uh, he's not got away with it. He's been punished for it, and I think he'll yeah, like you said, he'll learn from it and um, and be a better person from it as well because that's what it's all about, isn't it? You know, we want players to be role models and, and do the right thing and what have you. So uh, so I, I think the club have handled it. Very, very professionally. Yeah, the, the programme will cover comms, social media protocol, wider community and social issues. And I suppose, like I say, I think it's difficult, really, because, you know, these players are kind of in a bubble. And, you know, with social media, everything that sort of the player says or, or does is, is magnified 100%, Parky. And, you know, it's it, I suppose it kind of opens, uh, you know, their eyes to it. And, and obviously, hopefully, this kind of thing won't happen again. Yeah, I mean, just see what's happening in cricket this week. Uh, a guy is, uh, you know, he's been banned for we don't know how long now. An England international just made his debut uh, for something he said on social media eight years ago when he was, you know, 18 or whatever. You've got to be so careful. You know, opinions are fine and, and nobody's ever going to agree with everybody. And that's, you know, that's a problem. But with social media these days, you've just got to be so, so switched on and so careful. And I think, think things through before you, you make them public. You know, it's, it's not like it, the world used to be. Um, and if, if you, you know, I don't know, sometimes you'd have to review your, your own post before you put it out there yeah. just to make sure that you, you're not coming across. I mean, you know, you can mean something quite innocently on social media and it can be read wrong. It depends who's reading it and what mind they're in. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been really well handled. And, and I'm sure... Like you, like Paul just said, you know, we all said it, the club will come out of it, you know, looking really good, and that's not the reason for doing it, obviously. But rather than just, you know, saying that's it, you're out of the club, we can't, we can't have that. I think anybody in any walk of life, you know, if you go to work tomorrow and someone says, "I saw you post this," you know, they'd have to, they'd go through the same protocols, give you the same chance to, to put your side across and, and learn from it. And uh, yeah, I think everybody's done well. And I think I don't know if the RFL or Super League have been involved. I'm sure they will have been somewhere. And they've obviously agreed that this is the right way to do it. And, uh, yeah, I'm just glad it's all over and we can get the guy back on the pitch and doing what he does best, which is, you know, score tries and boots lots of goals. 
yeah, well, obviously we'll be we'll see him back in a in a couple of months' time. I think it's kind of backdated from when uh, the the offence took place, so it won't be two months. It'll probably be a month and a bit, maybe. Other other news, better news. Uh, we've signed Ben Davis on loan from St. Ellen's. Paul, uh, he's a low, he's a centre slash second row. He's represented Lancashire eighteen. Played against us last year in the in the Super mm-hmm. League. You know, he's got talent. Richard Marshall's quite sort of happy with with his with his uh, loan period at the moment, which is two weeks, and uh, it'll be it's a good opportunity for him and the club to see what each other's all about. Yes, yeah, certainly is. I mean, when you think back a couple of years ago, we had Oliver Gildart on loan, didn't we? We had Don Manfredi on loan. We've had people that come from Wigan and St. Helens before, haven't we? And, and put themselves in the shop window because they want to get game time, don't they? And impress their coach. You want to impress Kristen Wolf and you know all these hands up and say, "What I mean, that St. Helens team." So. Uh, so yeah, you look at some of the youngsters coming through there at the moment. I mean, that um, Jack Wellsby, he's what well, he's about nineteen, twenty, and he, he's something special. So so yeah, I think it's a good signing for us, and I think he's come at the right time as well. If you look at the squad this week, the twenty man squad that's been put out, twenty one man squad, we're a bit threadbare on centres and, uh, and three quarters. So uh, so yeah, I've got a feeling he'll play. I'll play at the weekend. And yeah, he's come through a good system there. Richard Marshall probably knows a bit about him because he worked at St. Helens, didn't he, as well. So, I'm uh, excited to see him. Really excited to see what he can do. Yeah, Opportunity Club gives player opportunity, Parky. That's what we've built our success on over the last few years. Yeah, and I'm sure Richard Marshall's got uh, still got contacts at Saints. He will be talking to people there who will know him, you know, the, 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 the academy staff or, you know, whoever, you know, helped produce this kit. Um, so, he'll know a lot about him. It won't just be a, a random punt, I wouldn't have thought. And like, like, You've said it's a chance for him to shine and show what he's capable of. And if, if I mean, like Paul said about Wells, but if he's half as good as that kid is already, you know, we'll do all right for a few weeks. And who knows? I mean, the thing is with Super League now, and we, we, we've said it about players quite a bit, just going on about Harvey Lovett, how he came through the Warrington system, and then Warrington just don't want him. And what super player he is, you know, the same could happen at Saints. You could bring him through now and just think at the end of the year, they'll go out and spend. X amount of money on, you know, an import or whatever. He's going to take block his, his path and his progress. And he might see his chance and think, well, Salford could be the club for me to, to take that chance and move on. So, yeah, no, it's a no, it's a no lose for anybody. Uh, it's a great chance for him to show what he's capable of. We're, we're certainly, like Paul just said, desperate for, certainly for centres. We, we, you know, we're, we're all out now, aren't we? I think uh, uh, if, if Harvey Lever is fit enough to play, you know, he's, again, not traditionally a centre. So, um, no, it's a decent move. And, uh, you know, you just got to wish the kid well and hope he can, he can come through. And again, like Paul said, if he turns out like a girl there, um, well, we'll all be happy, won't we? <laughs> yeah, talking about, about other transfer news, Paul Darcy Lussick is on his way to Featherstone on a two-week loan. Obviously, a lot of... We, we have a bit of a threadbare squad, but in the forwards, we're quite stacked. Yeah, well, Lee Moss has returned to the squad this week, hasn't we? I think we've missed him, so I would I would have thought Lee Moss would start. Uh, Darcy Lussick, I think he, he needs game time, doesn't he? And, and lots of it, I think. I think going to Featherstone, he'd probably play big minutes there. You know, getting you know fit as a fiddle, he needs to come back. And two weeks isn't a long time, is it? So, like you said, I thought it was funny that him going there with us having such a small squad, but we're quite... Well endowed in that department, are we? That sort of prop forward department. We've got plenty of uh, plenty of players there, so no, it's a good move for him. And don't forget, Featherstone Rovers are playing pretty well, aren't they? They're a good standard. They've got some good players there. They've got some experienced players there. He might learn something there as well that he can bring back to Salford. So uh, I'm sure he'll do all right there. Like Paul said, Parker, two weeks. Featherstone playing at a high level. 
he's going to get fit and he's going to come back firing. If, if he goes into the team this week, he's got a, a huge uh, game on, on their hands. I think they play Bradford this weekend. Two teams at the top of that league, obviously behind to lose, but that'll be some uh, some battle, I think. Good to throw him in. Uh, he'll join up with Chrissy Weller, you know, in that squad. Who And, and I think Coppy's there as well. I need Craig Cotty, yeah. I think he's there. That'll, that kind of putting them people together. Uh, it's going to help him. That professionalism is still there, even though it's a, a level down from Super League. Those players are very experienced players and they, they'll whip him into shape rather than him sort of thinking, you know, it's a bit easier down here, I'll take my foot off the gas. That that won't that won't be allowed. He does need game time. There's no doubt about that. He's he's not been fit since the start of the season. There's questions as to, to why certain players aren't as fit as they should be. I, I, I don't have the answers. But hopefully this might be also a wake-up for him. He thinks, you know... He, Richard Marshall's willing to cut me, you know, and I'm at Featherstone now. Who knows, come back in two weeks, if I've not shaped myself and, and, and improved, I could be out again and, and that could be it for the year. Because like Paul said, you know, in the forwards, we're actually we're actually pretty well stacked. So when you get everybody back, I think there's only really, like to Greenwood, I think, missing this week from, from the squad. And, you know, so we're doing okay in that department. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good chance for him now to, to have a look at himself and think, you know, I've got, I've got to make this work. And we saw what happened with Sam Luckley. Obviously, he hadn't played for us, but he was out on loan, got a bit of game time and he easily, you know, must have been our man of match against Warrington, although there weren't many to choose from. But, um, yeah, so it's, again, another one of those things where it's no lose. You know, he's, he's got his chance now to get on the pitch and get some fitness. We get him out there. If it doesn't work, you know, Richard Marshall's obviously proving that he'll, he'll do the same. He'll just let him, you know, let him go out on loan anyway. Yeah, other player news, Paul. Kevin Brown on his Instagram has announced uh, that he'll retire at the end of the season. Been a good, been a good player for us in his, his period uh, with us. He's going to be missed, but obviously, unfortunately, father time catches up with everyone. Yeah, I believe he's had an operation today, hasn't he, Kevin Brown? So he's going to have um, time to sort of recuperate from that. Danny Adio believes had an operation as well, and Callum Watkins needs one. So we've got three players there that are going to be out for a substantial amount of time, aren't you? And quite a big hole in the squad. But no, Kevin Brown's been a tremendous player, hasn't he? I remember him sort of coming through into that, that Wigan side there in the early 2000s. And, you know, they brought a real good crop of youngsters through around that time. I think Sean O'Loughlin was one of those and, and one or two others. So, yeah, he seems to have been around for ages. He's only just a couple of years younger than me and you, Rob, isn't he? So he's not, <laughs> he must be getting on a bit. But, no, he's been a special player. And I think he's one of those players that's been pretty unlucky throughout his career. He's been a really top player, but he's not really won anything, sadly. And, you know, that sometimes happens, doesn't it? He's not really won a major trophy. So I feel a bit sorry for him in a way because he deserves it. Because every time we used to play sort of witness when he was there and Huddersfield and... He always seems to uh, to have a good game against us, but I think he's been a good professional at Salford, and uh, let's hope he, he recovers well from the injury and we can play some more good games for us before the end of the season. Because I'd like to see him in the side again. Yeah, always blows my mind about about my, my mind about players because you always think of them as being older than you. So when you're talking to like the likes of sort of Kevin Brown and he's what is he two years younger than us? Is that right, Paul? Yeah, he's about thirty six, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he is. I always think he's like 40 in my head. But uh, yeah, it's weird. Like I can say he's, he's done fantastic stuff. Parker in, in, in rugby league in general, like I can say at Wigan and, and at Widness and internationally as well for England. Yeah, absolutely great career he's had. Uh, he's what, 350, 60 games or something like that. And at that level, he's, he's some some going, especially for halfbacks, some of the clatterings they take. You know, he's, he's played played for his country. Did he lose so many cup finals? He lost like four cup finals or something. You know, he, I mean that's that's how close he's been to success. You can't you can't fault that. 
And like Paul said, I remember him coming through at the time, Luke Robinson was at Wigan and, and they did, they brought through a great batch. Sadly, Wigan were patient enough with them, I think, and ship them out as soon as. But he's been, he's been a, a great thing. I, I mean, watching the, um, the semi-finals over the weekend and he was doing a bit of punditry and so on, I, he comes across magnificently as a, as a bloke, but as a rugby league player, his knowledge is, is phenomenal. Uh, and I hope he does get a career in that when he's when he's finished, unless he goes into coaching, which is also you know a possibility. But um, yeah, it's, it's a shame we've got him at the, at the you know the back end. The last two seasons, he's had he's had injuries that have carried over, and and it happens when you get to that age. I suppose you know he's been running around for a long time. But yeah, he's he's a great guy. I'm sure he's superb around the squad. I'm sure he's one of them guys that you need, especially when you've got a lot of younger players, just to pass on that advice of how he came through these adversity of being. You know, being left, you know, his, his club was Wigan. He came through there and they let him go and the disappointment of that and then rebuilding again. And re- and I, I think he's, you know, he's an absolute ambassador for the sport for me. I think he's a, a great bloke and I love listening to him. And I can only wish that we do, you know, get him back and see him by the end of the season because it'd be a sad way to end what's been a, a really good career for him. I suppose the good thing about what he's done now, Paul, is the fact that we know he's retiring now so Richard Marshall can plan for the future. He's, he's, this team he's kind of inherited part from Elijah Taylor. So I know with with contract negotiations sort of coming up, I think is it the end of the month and end, end of the month where teams can can obviously come and and talk to the players without a contract, and we can go and talk to players without a contract at other clubs. And it gives us time to sort of plan for the future. Yeah, it does. And it, I was reading some stuff today on the social media. You get all these sort of. There's an exodus from Salford and all these rumours going on about certain players, don't we? That tends to happen this time of the year, doesn't it? And such a coach is after him and he's after him. So, yeah, it, it does help Richard Marshall. I'm sure he's got people here, Matt, and, and, and you know, he's, he's got a terrific knowledge of the game. I watched Richard on the um, the coaching manual on Sky the other week. Mm. thought that was very interesting listening to you know about his career and that. And he seems quite a knowledgeable bloke and then switched on and whatever. So he'll, he'll know who he's looking at and, and players and, and, and that. But like, I just echo what you both said though about Kevin Brown. I just hope he does get the chance to shine because a couple of games this season he, he showed his, his skills, hasn't he, and, and led us really well. So. Uh, and at the moment, with the injuries that we've got, it's been difficult to, to get two half-backs to play. And I mean, you look at the, the team again this weekend, Andy Akers has come back into the squad, that spine will probably change again. So we've not had that settledness all, all season, have we? So, so yeah, with him announcing that, I'm sure Kevin, uh, I'm sure Richard will be earmarking who he wants to be his half-backs next season because it's going to be pivotal. We need to build a team around some half-backs, don't we? Yeah, Matthew Shaw did an interesting uh, article, Parker, about us so far this season and sort of looking forward sort of to next season. He says that all four of the club's halfbacks are off contracts, six of the seven quarter players in the final year of the deal, and eight off contract players are over the age of 30. So if obviously Richard Marshall sort of weathers a storm, he'll get a kind of a clean sort of slate to start to build his own team from next season. Yeah, I think that's probably what. what... Richard's looking at, uh, looking you know forward to next season. This isn't isn't his team, is it? You know, most nearly all the signings were made before he came. He, if he'd been the, the coach, then would he have chosen players? You, you just don't know. It, it is a shame it happens to us a lot, by the way. Upheaval every single season, whether it's our best players getting poached or you know just a mass exodus, like like we say. But there's um, there's still a lot of quality in our in our ranks, so we need to we need to tie down. I think, and I'm sure he's already looking at that now and thinking. I mean, this the, the thing is, I said it after the Warrington game. This shows to him who who's willing to fight in these trenches, who's who's up, you know, who's who's with him. Uh, I think he's 
he's sort of got a bit of a bonus of that because he's seen both sides of us now. He saw the Wigan game where there was a lot of fight and a lot of determination. We just fell a little bit short and that's that bit of quality you need. The Warrington game, you know, a lot of players had a lot to answer for, and I'm sure he's been, he's noted that and thinks, well, your contract's coming to an end. You're not going to stay with my club, so you're going to be finding another one anyway. So, but yeah, it'd be nice to see what you know what he's got lined up. There are plenty of players at all the clubs that are coming out of contract. I mean, like you say, Paul said they, they mentioned Salford every time. Salford are going to lose him, him, and if our players are, are, are so good, why are we second bottom of the league? You know, every team's going to lose a load of players at the end of the season. That's what's going to happen again. I mean, even even kind of mention his name, even Watson at uh, Huddersfield. <laughs> a lot of them players he didn't sign, so he'll want to do the same next year. He'll want players who are playing his style with his. You know, he'll move a few on, and, and that's the way it's going to work. And I'm I'm not overly worried. We we survived this this bit of a blip we've got at the moment this season. Get through this, and then uh, let, let's see who's available in, in a month's time. You, you know, you might start hearing whispers about players that are coming to us, and the whole mood changes. And you won't be thinking about the players that are leaving. You'd be looking forward to the ones that are coming in. Yeah, there was lots of talk of sort of culture, weren't they, uh, Paul? And these players are bought into the into the culture. And you think that they have an identity with Salford now, rather than just using it as a stepping stone. So you're hoping, obviously, Richard Marshall picks who he thinks can can take the team forward, and we can move on from there. Yeah, I feel sorry for Richard Marshall in a way. You know, we've played eight games now and I, I don't think I was on the show last week, was it, after the Warrington debacle? And <laughs> I came away from that game pretty upset, really. And, and I felt sorry for him because I thought you got players there who let him down and let him down big time. And, and I read stuff on social media. I mean, you were talking about social media before and I never swear on social media because my mum's on there. And one of my old school teachers is on there. And that's I've never sworn on Facebook and I wouldn't. But I read stuff on there, what people's comments. And the amount of slagging off Marshall was getting. And on the club Facebook page, why don't people encourage him? You know, get behind him, get behind the club. And uh, I think that's what we need to do now. We need to give him a fair crack of the whip. And like you said, those players have got to start fighting now. Because we're only two points in front of Lee. I listened to Lee's match on, on Sunday when I was at work. And I was cheering him on, really. I wanted him to win. And people might say, why would you want Lee to win the below us? Because it might give us the kick up the backside that we need. Because mm. um, at the moment, this, the attitude in the Super League seems to be that, oh, Lee, Lee are not going to win a game, you're all right. And so we need to get over that. So, yeah, I know I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, what was, the, what was the question? What was the question? <laughs> the, the, the question that I'll ask you, actually, Paul, was this, is the fact that me and you interview Richard Marshall quite a bit. And yeah. Parky, obviously, referenced just before that sort of previous Salford's play out the skin against Wigan and then roll over against the lower sides. I was kind of struggling how to kind of ask him that question. How how do you stop that from, how are you planning to stop that from happening? How how can you ask that question, do you think? Um, I think there was a lot of factors that went into that, I think, that defeat against Warrington. I think there was a bit of an attitude fault. But don't forget, we were we were down to the bare bones. I think we were struggling for players. We just played Wigan and St. Helens, yeah. and then Warrington. So so mentally, he's a bit drained. But I think physically, we were a bit battered and bruised as well, weren't we? Um, and the modern game now, you go a couple of scores behind against a side like Warrington, who likes to throw the ball around. Mm. It's very easy to get on a roll. There's no five meter rule anymore. It's a ten meter rule. It's a big pitch. Side like Warrington will just run you off the park, and they did. We ran out of steam and we ran out of energy, and that's what a lot of the game's about now. That energy battle against Wigan, we were, we were right in the game. I, I happen to think Wigan didn't play that well against us. 
And I mean, I know they're near the top of the table, but I've not been that impressed when I've seen them this season. I think they got found out against Catalans. But then, having said that, Warrington got beat this weekend in the Cup, then they got found out against Castle. I don't know. Like you go back to your question, what do you say? Um, I don't know. I don't think it's a coach's fault. I think he's had a real hard hand to deal with at the moment, Marshall. Like you said, he's not his team. We all get injuries. All teams get injuries and all teams get suspensions and things like that. But he just seems to have had a really hard, hard sort of deal up to now. It's been, you know, that, that spine of the team's changed every week. I know we've sort of mentioned it. Oh, he keeps messing with the team. He keeps changing this. But a lot of those changes, the force changes, he's not doing it just because he wants to swap the team about and muck about. So it's difficult. It's difficult at the moment. And, when I spoke to him today, I said to him, "What well, you're playing OKR and Huddersfield now, two sides that didn't finish in that top six next season. Once you've played these two games, you'll play 10 matches, then that's got to give you a gauge of where you're at. So the, there's pressure on these two games now, and he accepted that. We've got to win one, of these, one or at least one of these matches. That's an added bit of pressure, I think. So uh, we'll see how we go, but I think the pressure is on now, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's difficult. It's a difficult situation. Pressure is good, Park. It's mm. not always a bad thing, mm. pressure. It makes you raise your game. Yeah, I think just just going on what Paul said, he made an interesting point about players and attitude. Besides a few personnel, what was the difference between Wigan, the Wigan game and the Warrington game? They would have gone through the same processes through the week, the same training, the same... You know, their methods wouldn't have changed. They would have watched videos. They'd have known about the team, what the stunts are. Don't get me wrong, Warrington were on fire. They were brilliant. I mean, Gareth Widdick was out of this world. Just absolutely one of the best performances I've seen in a while from from an individual. Um, but what was the bit? What was the major difference? You know, it, it, it's got to be down to the players as well. That, that they've got to take responsibility for performances like that. Uh, and it's just, you know just going off what Paul said, and I, I think he's right. How, how do you ask Richard Marshall what the difference is? I don't think you do. I think I think Richard knows himself. I don't. He, I don't think it's something that you know. Even he could express what, how on earth you can go from losing a, a point to Wigan, who were unbeaten at the time, to get an absolute thumping mm. a few days later off, off Warrington. He, he, he wouldn't have made sense. He he must have been scrapped in his head. So I think it's a combination. I think the, the the coach has to take some of the blame. That's that's his job. You know, that's every head coach in, in world sport gets that. But the players had to take a lot. And I said that to you last week, Rather, they, They've got to take a good look at themselves and players and say, did I do enough? And the answer was no. Very few of them did. I think, like we said, luckily, and maybe Harvey, Harvey Levet before he went off. Other than that, it wasn't a single player that got any credit from me. Yeah, it was, it was a bit of a poor defeat. Hopefully, these uh, two weeks have galvanised them. Paul and they'll come out firing against Hull KR. Yeah, I was chatting to me down the week, we were having a bit of a laugh about it, he said um, Andy Gregory used to take him to play a slight Blackpool, did he, on their day trips, you know, it was a bit of a team bonding and that. I think was it when we lost to Bradford, that like 90 points, they got a Blackpool, didn't they, had some chips on the prom and we didn't get beat by as many the week after, did we? But yeah, I think a lot of soul searching after that game and you've got to start questioning your attitude, haven't you? And Yeah, I think some of the players shook the towel in there in that Warrington game where we went 18, 20 odd points down. They did some of those tries. We were just waving them in, weren't we? So, uh, so yeah, you've got you've got to be switched on. We're going to all KR. We'll be talking about that in a bit. We're on good form, playing well. So um, that's going to be a cauldron atmosphere. That so those players have got to want this now. They've got to want this. And as I said before, you're playing two sides now. I mean, if you can't get up for Huddersfield the week after playing against Ian Watson and Luke Yates, you know, and, and all those things that have gone on there, I'm not being malicious towards Watford at all. Mm. But um, it's a, it's a big game. There's, there's a bit of 
that's what rugby league's all about. There's a bit of a grudge match there. It's going to make it exciting and interesting. So if you can't get up for that one, you might as well pack up and go home, aren't you? So, uh, so yeah, these next two games are going to be pivotal. But the players need to stand up. And like Parky said, Richard Marshall will take responsibility. He picks the team. He's the coach. That's his job. But his players need to stand up for him. And his players need to do a job for him as well this weekend. And that's what we want to see. I want to see an improved attitude. If we get beat, OK, I will get beat. But we want to go there and compete. If we compete and give our all and lose by a point or whatever, I'll accept it. But what we're not accepting is a 50, 60 point defeat. Yeah, talking about games to come, Parker, Corona's hit the Super League with Wigan and Huddersfield and Saints and Leeds <coughs> called off due to increasing cases in the squads. Obviously, week round 10, which is it is now, is the last week of uh, our league coverage and things like that. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens the next uh, week or so regarding planning. Yeah, um, there's going to have to be provisions for this going forward anyway, this this you know this virus. It's not going to go away, is it? You know, it's going to be around forever probably now in some capacity. There might be another strain, you know, next week. Who knows? Um, the Huddersfield strain seems quite a bad one. Um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little bit... I'm, I'm disappointed that there's been no sort of uproar about this. Um, the fact that, you know, I mean, our games move from Sunday to Friday. Our players might not be, might be ready. They might be ready to peak for that day and not Friday. Mm. You know, and the whole transport and everything. The, the mess he's causing everyone. And nobody seems to have said anything that, how have these players now, I believe it's quite a large number at Huddersfield, how, have these, how has this been contracted in terms of, you know, last season, teams could have got fined or whatever, players not following. There's something gone on there and nobody's mentioned it. And then then Leeds and Saints game goes. And again, I mean, we, we skip a game, we get beat 24-0, get a five grand fine, you know, just, just going off on a tangent slightly, but... Uh, yeah, it's disappointing. Uh, and again, now it, there's going to be another backlog in, in games. Certainly, you know, Saints have got the cup final as well. They're not getting a free weekend at, at any point soon. And at the end of the year, we've, you know, we've got the World Cup. We want our players to be fresh. And this is really disappointing. And I think I think it's been brushed over a little bit. Just, oh, they, they, you know, there's a few COVID, you know, a bit of an outbreak at this club. So we'll just put a different game on. Well, can we find out why this this has happened? Do do you know? Is there an investigation? Is what's what's happening? Well, it's a good, it's a good point, Parky, because obviously it's just kind of just yeah, it just happened. We'll just have to kind of get on with it. But questions after we have to be asked, and you know, teams and and players are following sort of procedure. It's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, Paul, with you know, lockdown might be easing. We don't know what what's happening regarding social distancing. That's the big one uh, for me because obviously the more the less social distancing, the more people you can fit in a stand. And obviously clubs, businesses, it's all about getting bums on seats and it to make money. And if they can't have more bums on seats short in, in the sort of medium to short, short term, it becomes a massive problem. Yeah, that's right. I mean, one little bonus <clears throat> with that game, the, I think it was the Leeds and Saints game, is our game's been put on the telly on, on Friday night on Sky Sports. So that's a, I suppose it's a positive in a way for us isn't it? and our supporters who can't go. But uh, yeah, I'm with Barky on that one. It's well, both here. Last year there was a lot of rules, wasn't there? And players had to do this and had to do that, wash their hands, and they can't go here, and they can't go there. So how have they suddenly caught? What have they been doing? Going around looking door handles and that. <laughs> They've all got that in Huddersfield, and I don't know. It just seems strange. I mean, Leeds said they had two players or something, didn't they? So mm. I mean, they've got a massive squad. They've got a big academy. So is Huddersfield. Mm. So where's all these players and that? So. Yeah, I don't know. I think they should have to take some sort of responsibility for that. But obviously, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. You don't know where he picks it up from. It's 
it's, it's funny that this, this social this I talked to one of the older engineers at work the other day and I said how are you getting on with it and he says to me uh, he says oh no I, I'm alright I said well how he says well how do you go in people's house? He said, well, I just tell them to stay in another room and don't come near me. And that's how I deal with social distancing. So, oh, I suppose it's different different with, with Billy because you've got players who are mixing with each other. And I suppose with the training as well, you've got two guys who caught it there. They might have been sort of doing wrestling with someone else and he's touched him and, and what have you. So it, it must be a bit of a minefield that now because you don't know if they're going to contract it tomorrow or... It is. It's 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 madness, isn't it? So um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I don't know what's going to go on there. But like we say, going forward, we've got this percentage thing, haven't we, in the, the league table? So that's there just in case fixtures can't get fulfilled. Hopefully, it's going to calm down once everyone's had this vaccine and we don't have the sort of fast we had at the end of last season, where you know Catalan Dragons didn't play anywhere near as many games as we did. I hope it doesn't come down to that again. I really do. I think the name of the game. Uh, Parky is to vaccinate as many people as you can, and I think yeah. I've got a feeling he's going to kick it back two weeks, which might, or two to four weeks, which might be a, cause a problem uh, for the RFL and and you know scheduling <clears> games for the telly because you can't fit the full amount of people. In. I suppose for us it might not be as big a problem uh, because our support isn't isn't massive. But if you're like a Wigan or a or a, a Leeds and you've got eleven thousand people to fit in your stadium, you've got you've got big issues there. Yeah, like you say, they're not, the, the financial side of it's crippling because the only people who are going are season ticket holders. Mm. That money's already catered, that's gone. You, you know what you've got. You might have, you know, whether you've got 1,500 season ticket holders or 11,000, that, that's it's the extra bums that you get on the seats. Mm. Now, we've been in a, an unfortunately privileged position in a way that we've been able to sell tickets to away fans because we don't have enough season tickets and not enough went on. So, you know, it, it was a bit of, confusion about that but we've made money off Wigan and Warrington fans to help us you know that money's come in if there was only 400 Wigan fans there and they paid an average of I don't know 15 quid depending on kids and whatever else students that money's gone in our bank mm. well other clubs like you say I mean you okay, this week they, they've probably got enough season ticket holders that some of their season ticket holders won't be going mm. so they're losing out you know there's no way fans going there's no extra ticket revenue so it, it needs sorting it needs sorting fast um, obviously like you say what the injections that they they clearly need to be to be happening, but um, other than that, I mean, you can still you know you can still carry it, can't you? It's, it's, like I say, it's not going to go away. No. So uh, it is a tough one, but I don't know. I, I, I have to have clubs got a bit sloppy? That's all I was questioning, really. Um, I know. I know our club are, are trying to sort of encourage fans to kind of bubble up, so they can increase the maximum. Capacity parky. I know, obviously, back in the glory days, we'd have had to have a bubble of about sixty-five. I think. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see uh, how how you know fans can sort of bubble up and get more people in. Yeah, that's an interesting, an interesting thing. I don't know. Yeah, because until it all opens up, you can't meet with anybody else really. Anyway, you know, you've got you you are meeting, but you're not going to be in a sort of mixed bubble or anything like that with them a lot of the time. So yeah, that's that's it. That's quite a good point, I suppose. You had a group. Uh, you just have to drag all your family, don't you? That's all you can yeah. do at the moment. I think get as many of them uh, to it to a game as you can. Yeah, there's no there's no real answer to it, is it? But um, yeah, it's just disappointing. But like like Paul said, we're on you know we're on the percentage thing, and if they don't play, I, I still don't quite agree with it. But you know they're not going to get any points for it. So you know what 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 difference does it really make? But it was disappointing. Um, and for Sky viewers, because I'm sure so the Leeds Saints game was. I was pretty looking forward to because mm. um, see if Leeds could get a bit of a revival on and Saints after a you know a cup semi and everything else. But but we'll just have to see. But like Paul said, we're on the telly now, and as we can't go as as fans, 
I get to watch it. Happy days. Happy days indeed. Other news, Paul. Paul King took a swipe at sort of the RFL uh, for not uh, allowing us to have our elite academy. I spoke to Paul Trainer last week about the club's plans in the community and uh, embracing the amateur scene and, and building a you know a better infrastructure. It was a very good interview. Paul King wasn't happy that we we weren't given a um, elite academy and, and he's sort of worried that other clubs might come in and, and pick the. Uh, the, the fruits of our labour. Well, I can understand where he's coming from because I just find it baffling. You've only got to look at Super League now and every I think the semi-finals at weekend, the four sides that played, every one of them had someone who'd come through Solvers Academy <laughs> pulling the strings for them. So people who say we don't produce any players, I mean, they need to look. You know, the championship's full of them. Go hold them and, and teams like that. There's full of people that have come through at Solvers. So I don't get that one. But my biggest bugbear is, is, is where we are. In the greater Manchester region where we are, it's a massive pool of... You know, look at Salford as a city now and as a district. The, the RFL are missing a trick. You stop us having an academy there. All those kids ain't going to play rugby league. They're going to go and do something else. So that's what you're missing out on. And with us being the premier club of sort of North Manchester, I, I live, I've moved now to like Oldham's that sort of side. So Oldham's a proper rugby league place. But their first team struggling a bit. So Salford got an academy. You're going to pull players from Oldham. You're going to pull players from Rochdale, North Manchester. It's massive. How many million people live here? So Wakefield's got one. Castleford's got one. How big's Castleford? It's no bigger than Chadwick where I live. I mean, yeah, they produce rugby league players, but it's a small pool of people. So I, I don't get it. I, I think sometimes I seem to think that the rugby league want to sort of put a cap on certain teams and keep them in a box under the stairs because we don't want them doing well or we need to keep them down there. It does seem a bit of a cartel and perhaps that's me being a cynic, but I don't get that. And Salford are working really hard as a club. I totally disagree with when we, we got rid of the academy. I thought that was a massive mistake what Mr Kukash made. Um, and obviously we can't turn the clock back on that now. We've, we've got to wait and are we being punished for that? Maybe, but I just thought it was a poor decision. I think Ralph Rimmer and people at the RFL should want as many kids playing this sport of rugby league as possible because our sport does struggle. We need to get kids playing the game. Don't hold them back. Don't stop them. I listened to Ralph Rimmer on the telly with um, it was Terry O'Connor and Brian Carney and I was, I was so frustrated listening to him. He's having a go at um, I think he said to Terry O'Connor, how many times have you beat Australia and to Brian Carney? And I thought, what a daft thing to say. I mean, we're not questioning them. Let's 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 get behind our sport. Let's not hold people back. And he just came across as a real pompous sort of person. And I don't know. I don't have any faith in him whatsoever. But that's just my opinion. But I'm disappointed about this decision. I really am. What upset me the most, Parky, was the fact that you know the likes of Castleford and Hull, who originally got turned down like we did, kind of mm. went to the media, built up this massive storm, uh, and then got reinstated. Yeah, great for the game, you know, and the, and them players and and their community to, you know, get another opportunity to 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 play, but we never did. We haven't had that opportunity. The RFL never said, you know what, give Salford a chance as well and Hull a chance as well. Uh, sorry, Lee as well a, a chance. And I, I thought it was unfair, really. I thought Paul Trainer, uh, Danny Barton, uh, Neil Blackburn, all the people who are working hard in in this uh, sort of process. Need to be rewarded for their efforts, and I really do think uh, that you know if it hadn't have been us, it might have been a different uh, result. Look, I can't. I've just listened to what Paul said. And he's, he, he, everything he said was absolutely spot on. I can't. I can't get my head around the fact that we're turning people away from playing our sport at any level. Hmm. We we don't have enough people playing the game. 
what what benefit is it to say to Salford and Lee, no, you can't have an academy? Well, if you want an academy, you can afford to run one. You should be allowed to run one. I don't understand these rules. I don't. It makes no sense at all. And like Paul said, I mean, Salford, we, we've always struggled in many ways to bring kids through our local area. But we have, you know, from the wider rugby league area of the northwest of England, we've done well. We've, you know, like he was saying there, you know, your Snades and your Ratchfords and then, you know, uh, Bibbies and people like that who are all over the place now. All, you know, all came through our academy. We, we, we've helped produce. But when you look at Lee, I mean, if you want a rugby league town, that you're not going to get many more as mad as them. You know, they love the game. Their amateur scene has always been really good. They've always produced lots of players. And we're saying to Lee now that you can bring them through, but you're going to have to let that lad go to Wigan or Saints. He's not going to benefit you and your youth clubs who've put so much money into it. You know, I... I I find it, I find it absolutely bonkers. I can't, I, I just don't see. I went to the pub last weekend and I, I mentioned this to the lads in there, and they, they were all the same. We're like, well, what, what are we getting out of saying no? What, 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 where is the end game here? And I like Paul said there, if Rimmer's turning around saying, well, how many times do we beat Australia? Well, by doing this, we're not going to produce enough players to beat them ever again. So his, his argument was ridiculous, and I, I find them. I've never liked him. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I told him once outside the Etihad, but that's enough. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just think he's, his ideas are crazy and he is looking after certain clubs. You know, I, I know the RFL have this loving with Bradford for some reason. Yeah. They're the ones that keep going busk. It's not yeah. our fault. It's not anybody else's fault. They, they couldn't play at their own ground for God knows how long. What? I, I don't understand this, this thing about Bradford all the time. They've got bail them out or we do this or we do that as soon as it comes to Salford or Lee or Witness they're not interested they have this this cartel on on, on big clubs or, or certain <laughs> it's it said that the big clubs they're not you know we're all in this we're, we're all in this together it's not like the government <laughs> don't um, but it's it's just stupid they, they make no sense if we can produce one player like an Adrian Marley who comes to our academy and then goes on and then we beat the Aussies that's something we can be proud of. That's something the whole rugby league can be proud of. That he was produced through an academy system. He came through a club. He, you know, he grew with what they put into him. That's gone. We can't do that now. You know what? And when do we next get to, to apply? Two, three years. Hmm. By which time, a whole generation of players will have forgot about rugby league and won't bother. What crazy, Parker? You did the, the wonderful hand movements as well, like any good politician as well, which which was very impressive. Uh, yeah. And number two, um, yeah, it, it is it is a bit of a problem. Paul King, you know, didn't pull any punches. He says he kind of said that if he thinks that you know we're taking being taken advantage of, he's going to take someone to the cleaners with it, and it kind of probably puts sort of doubt in other clubs' mind that you know we might not be able to steal the odd uh, sofa uh, possible recruit now. Because we're onto him now, Paul, and and that's that's the thing. Like I say previously, our best talents have gone to other clubs, but I suppose they were talking about reserve teams, weren't they, and things like that. And so if there is a step; there will be a stepping stone to the first team. But from what sixteen to reserves to first team, that's a that's a massive step. Unless you have a ready-made sixteen stone, six foot three. 16-year-old. Yeah, it's a massive step. You, you're talking about 15, 16-year-old college lads coming playing rugby league and super league. The size of some of the blokes in there. It's ridiculous. But, but there should be a level playing field, Robin. Just going back to what Parker said, I was dying to dive in there, but I never like interrupting. But when he was saying about Bradford, 
this love in with Bradford. I talk to my dad nearly every day about rugby league and we'll, we'll speak till the cows come home about stuff and, and we always agree on the same thing. I think there is a bit of a cartel at the rugby league. I think the Super League and that now, I think they want certain teams in that league. They want Bradford in that league. They want Leeds in that league for a derby. They want Hull and Hull care. Let's go back 20 years, right? Hull went bust. They merged with Gateshead, took all their players, shafted a team that was doing really well, getting six and 7,000 every week, and then sent them packing. They were supposed to be an expansion area, but they did that to save Hull. That was a team that pulled the post down in a semi-final, caused loads of trouble, but yet the RFL wanted to save them because we had to have a good team. That shouldn't come into it. Teams shouldn't get favoured. You should all be treated the same. And In the sort of 30-odd years I've watched rugby league, that has always gone on. Certain teams get certain favours, and, and Bradford, like Parkside, have been bailed out that many times. I'm not bothered. I've got nothing against Bradford. I've nothing against <laughs> Leeds or anybody. They can, all, they can all do what they want. But it's got to be level. People have got to be equal. And the biggest thing for me is the way that, that Ralph Rimmer said that. And you, you should want as many people playing this game as well. If we ever want this sport to grow, don't turn people away from it. We should be dragging people in. Yeah. You think about when we lost our academy, right? You've got kids there playing the Sorry if I'm sort of waffling on. Oh, but you, you, <laughs> you, you've got kids there playing the game. We got an academy when Kukas was there, right? So you've got 16, 17, 18-year-old people there. Their mums and dads will come. Their grandparents will come. Their brothers and sisters will come. They'll all have an affinity with Salford. As soon as that goes, you're losing all those people. You're losing all those families. So that interest, that, that community, as we call it, the community club feel, it dies so you, every club needs that. It, it's oh, it, it does my head in. It really does. But you're fighting losing battles. The good thing is for us, we've got Paul King there fighting our corner because I love Paul. He's so passionate about the club. And you know there was a bit of a debate on one of the, the Facebook pages the other day about would you have QCash back? Tell you what, Paul King's ten of him. Yeah, he looks after the club. That's what he should be doing, looking out for the welfare of the club, not looking out for my ego. And he doesn't do that, and that's why I'm glad we've got him there fighting our car. And I'm glad he put that statement out as well. Yeah, he's very impressive as a as, as a leader. Okay, doesn't pull any punches, and that's what you want. You want you want your leader to 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 you know to let the people know what what the situation is. I think it's it's great. Uh, you know, Paul Trainer's working hard. You know, trying to rebuild this um, kind of uh, academy community structure it which is which is a thing i think it's a kind of a bit naive that you know the rfl haven't hasn't thought the fact that rfl have never helped us in any situation they probably have done we just don't make a big song and dance oh, about it I, I, i'm not doubting that first thing on paul king if we could have uh paul king john wilkinson and perhaps kukashi's supposed money together then we, we'd have cracked it you know the passion of of, of a couple of them and business now and and then the money of somebody else uh, would have been would have been superb. I just want to say, going back to this academy thing, if you produce your own players for your academy, mm. isn't that something that comes off your salary cap? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to miss out on that. Yeah. I mean, it's not a salary cap we can break anyway. We can't get anywhere near spending yeah. that kind yeah. of money. But you know, or late or whoever whoever's next, whoever misses out, but Wigan could bring three or four players through, or five or six, or whatever. The, the salary cap doesn't work then. It's it's ridiculous. I just again, like I say, I just don't get the whole point of it. And um, the RFL won't have a good look at themselves again. Yeah, obviously, Paul Trainer talked talked about the stuff they were doing in the community. There's actually a new Greater Manchester Cup uh, competition being uh, created. Uh, South Trafford Rangers and Manchester Lions and seven other new junior clubs are all kind of getting together. Paul. 
to, to play a festival of rugby on the 26th of June at the AJ Bell Stadium and a 3rd and 7th July in Carrington. He talked about how he wanted to reach out into different areas of, of sort of Manchester and the other areas to build a a, a bigger stock of player. Uh, and, you know, things like this are going to help. Yeah, of course. It, I mean, I forgot about that sometimes. With me living up this side of town, North Manchester, I sort of forget. And like I said before, the district of this greater Manchester that we live in now, you've got the South Manchester side, you've got like Sale where you live, Rob, like you said, Trafford, Stretford. You've got all sorts, haven't you? It's a massive, massive area. And I mean, you like Castleford and Wakefield and you know, some of them teams, they can't live with that. So if we could pick from them sort of pools of players and get the kids playing the sport, which is what they're doing now, you know, the people at the club, uh, you know, Paul Trainer, Paul King, Danny Barton, everyone who's involved with it, with the youth, you know, Neil Blackburn, everybody else who can't mention everybody's name, but they're doing a great job in the community and, and things like this are great for the club. And we've just got to keep pushing our name, you know, let, let the RFL do what they need to do. We, we'll just keep fighting back, won't we? I'm sure we'll get things right. I'm sure we, we just need to keep people positive keep people talking about our club and, and keep promoting it in the local area and, and getting behind it because the foundation and that they all do a fantastic job so uh, I, I think we'll be I'm confident we'll be alright yep that's all the, the big news of the week and next we're going to be looking well what we'll do next Paul we'll have a look and see what the amateur sides are doing in, uh, in your amateur report Here is this week's Down in the Detail Amateur Report. We'll start off with the National Conference Leagues this week, as we usually do. League C, with our local sides in. Rochdale Mayfield got off to another good victory. They beat Clockface Miners by 23 points to 10. Rochdale Mayfield, second top now in um, in League C, with uh, two wins from their opening three games. Wollstone Rovers are top of that league. Oldham St. Anne's also in League C. They beat Wollstone Rovers by 32 points to 26. Waterhead Warriors, 24. Saddleworth Rangers, 36. That was in the other fixture, the Oldham uh, Derby fixture in that league. The fixtures for this weekend, these will all be played on Saturday, the 12th of June. League C, Crossfields against Saddleworth Rangers. Rochdale, Mayfield play Oldham St. Anne's. And Waterhead Warriors are at home to Clockface Miners. We're well, moving on to the North West Men's League. Saturday the 5th of June results from Division 1. Berry Broncos 10, Hares Finch 44. Charlie Panthers 28, Oldham St Anne's A14. Division 2, Folly Lane 58, Hindpool Tigers 20. Division 3, Salford City Roost, another win for them. They beat Crossfields A by 24 points to nil. Division 4, Langwithy Reds 14, Burton Wood Bridge 36. Higginshaw 28, Goldburn Parkside 12. And in Division 5, South and East, it was Bolton Mets 58, Holton Sims cross A20 and Waterhead Warriors A76, Salford City Roosters A0. The fixtures for Saturday the 12th of June in the North West Men's League Division 1. Oldham St Anne's A are at home to Ulverston. Witness Moorfield Tigers play Berry Broncos. Division 2, Caddies Ed Rhinos are at home to Pilkington Rex A. Folly Lane play West Horton Lions. Division 3, Salford City Roosters play Roost Pioneers. Wollstone Rovers A play Rochdale Mayfield A. Division 4, Langwithy Reds are at home to West Bank Bears. And the Newton Storm play Higginshaw. And in Division 5, North and West, Higginshaw A are at home to Liverpool St. Helens. Division 5, South and East, it's Ashton Bears A against the Salford City Roosters A. Burton Wood Chargers against Waterhead Warriors A. And the Runcorn They've not got a name. The Runcorn, I'm calling him. Runcorn versus Bolton Mets. 
Right now we'll turn our attention to the North West Youth Leagues, the 16s and the 18s. In the Premier Division of the under-18s, Oldham St Anne's 16, Newton Storm 22. In the under-16s Premier Division, Saddleworth 42, Halton Farm with Hornets 16. There's an awful lot of no results this week and, uh, and other other sort of no scores that we've, we've got and 18 nil. So I'll just give you the results that we do have. In the under-16s Division 1, Waterhead Warriors 36, Leyland Warriors 4. In Division 2, West Horton Lions 0, Charlie Panthers 28, Wigan St Cuthbert's 4, Rochdale Mayfield 26. And in Division 3, Langwith the Reds had a good victory at the under-16s. They beat Portico Vine by 34 points to 4. Roos Pioneers, however, beat Folly Lane 58 points to 12. Finally this week we'll turn our attention to life outside the Super League as we do every week. Obviously uh, it was the Challenge Cup semi-finals at the weekend. Castleford set up a, an epic tie with St. Helens in the final in uh, August. I think it's play the Challenge Cup final. Castleford Tigers 35, Warrington 20 and Hull FC 18, St. Helens 33. Both those games were played at the Lee Sports Village. In the AB Sundex 1895 Cup finals, Featherstone Rovers reached Wembley. They beat Widnes Vikings 24 points to 18. York City Knights 36. Swinton Lions 22 in the other semi-finals so Featherstone and York final that will be the curtain raiser I believe to the Challenge Cup final so congratulations to Featherstone and York City Knights quite a few of our ex-players there going to Wembley Craig Copjack Chris Willem to name two at Featherstone Rovers and also Chris Bryan at York City Knights so, uh, so congratulations to them moving on to the Betfred Championship on Sunday Bradford Bulls carried on their winning run of form they beat Newcastle Thunder by 31 points to 12 the Bulls have now won 7 of their opening 8 games at the start of the season Halifax Panthers are the good result they beat Sheffield Eagles 46 points to 12 to move into the playoff places in Betfred League one well, there's a few surprise scores there Doncaster 46 London Scholars 12 Hunslet 36 Rochdale Hornets 22 North Wales Crusaders 36 Coventry Bears 12 Barrow Raiders continued their unbeaten run they won away from home at West Wales Raiders by 60 points to 10 and the other Cumbrian side Workington Town had a result they beat Keithley Cougars at home by 34 points to 20 the fixtures this week outside of Super League well, I'll give you the Super League ones as well. Thursday night, Casford play Hull FC. That's a quarter to eight kickoff on the television. Friday night, Huddersfield play Wigan. Hull Kingston Rovers against our very own Salford Red Devils. The television game is Leeds against St. Helens. And Warrington face Wakefield Trinity. Some uh, some cracking ties there. Saturday, Lee Centurions face Catalan Dragons at three o'clock at the Lee Sports Village. They're still looking for their first win of the season. Lee, they played nine, lost nine, just behind Salford in the table. Also, Saturday, Oldham play Sheffield in the Betfred Championship at three o'clock. And other three o'clock game is Barrow against... Rochdale Hornets in Betfred League 1 also in Betfred League 1 London Scholars face Hunslet Hawks on Sunday in the Championship all these games are 3 o'clock kickoffs. offs Dewsbury play Toulouse Olympic at 3 Featherstone against Bradford is in the hour league gap along with Halifax and York City Knights Swinton Lions play Newcastle Thunder Whitehaven play Batley Bulldogs and also on the hour league app you can catch Widnes Vikings against London Broncos in the Betfred League 1 again all 3 o'clock kickoffs. Coventry Bears against Workington Town Keithley Cougars against the West Wales Raiders and the hour league app game in the Betfred League 1 is North Wales Crusaders against Doncaster that is all I've got for you this week take care enjoy your rugby and I'll see you soon So that was your amateur report, Paul. You know our local clubs are, you know, playing really well at the moment. Yeah, well, a big shout out to sort of City Roosters, really. I mean, they they've done done really well. Been following their results, and uh, it's changed around. They've dropped down a couple of leagues, haven't they? Now, and you know, after last year, I mean, all the leagues have changed now. They're playing in like regions now, so it's a bit a bit different. But uh, so for City Roosters started really well. 
I think they're unbeaten actually. So uh, they started tremendously well, and uh, you know the rest of our sides are doing really well. So it's been a good start, been a good start to the season. It's great to do the report again. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed getting the scores, and sometimes there's a bit of searching around to get all the results. But now I'm enjoying it. It's good. Yeah, the uh, Salford Red Devils College uh, Academy drew 34 all, I think, today, Parker. Still undefeated, which is good. Yeah, where did they go next? Anyway, we can't go back on that point, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the progress, again, that's being made with these big... It's funny, you know, you're going about the... Uh, b- before we did the amateur report, um, you're going about this this new tournament with the Manchester... T- yeah. Are these new teams? Yeah. New Manchester teams, right? I mean, that, that, what more evidence does the RFL really need? Mm. You know, Let's not forget, Callum Watkins was from Stretford. You know, he's not he's not a Salford. That's not. I mean, you don't get any closer to Old Trafford. Let's be honest. You know, he could have turned his back on the game. He became a rugby player. You know, like his brother did. Their cash as well. You know, he had a he, he had a professional career as well. Um, so sorry, just going you know slightly off the amateur thing, but this amateur it does all blend in because a, a kid now at twelve or thirteen who's playing amateur rugby in Salford, where's his progress going to go or her progress eventually? You know. There's nowhere for them to go. They get to 16, and what they're going to do, they're just going to carry on playing amateur, even though they may be good enough to have a career in rugby league. Bonkers. But yeah, great city amateur teams, the local teams doing really well. And yeah, the Roosters, uh, they look uh, resplendent in all their new kits, by the way, I've noticed. They look, uh, they look superb, they look like uh, the Australian touring team. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I looked at the you know the reason why the RFL kind of rejected our. Elite license, license that's the one, and um, part of it was to help sort of the development of sort of the community rugby league and also expand it. So, this coming in kind of a week late, it must be a bit of a signal, really. Mm, yeah, I, I, I don't know, Robert. Um, it, it just seems strange to me. I mean, I think if you're in the super league and you're top flight rugby league side, I think everybody in that league should have an, an academy, it should be part of the protocol of being in there. So, uh no, and if you, if a team if a team doesn't want one, then fair enough. You'd be questioning if you were the RFL saying, "Well, what you're doing here? You need to be producing some players." But if the team wants one, why why not let him have it? Why not why try and stop him? Why try and put a spanner in the works and, and stop him progressing? That that's the confusing thing for me. That's that's where I didn't I couldn't see what was going. It's not as if the RFL are paying for it out of their pocket for you and giving you a load of free money. So I just didn't understand it. Um, I'd like to ask that Ralph Rimmer that, but he'd probably sort of blag his way around it like he did with Brian Carney, because I think Brian Carney tried to grill him. I think Brian was really good with him, but he just seemed to have an answer for everything. So he's not sort of my friend at the moment, but we'll have to just see what, what he comes back with. So what we'll do now, we'll we'll look forward to the Hulk Kings and Rovers game on Friday. It's time for the Devil of the So, Salford Red Devils travelled to Hulkingston Rovers. Massive game coming up. I spoke to Richard Marshall in the pre-match press conference and this is what he had to say. Coach's Corner. Right, Rick, it's Rob. Hey, Rob. Uh, Union players have had two weeks to reflect, deflate, rest and recharge, ready for next run of fixtures. How's the process gone and what's the mood like in the camp? Yeah, the mood's good. We 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 we've we've tried to work back from what a win looks like this week. So if we at ten thirty p.m. on Friday evening have won the game, what did we do in the week? So we've worked back from that point, um, 
and everything so far, we've ticked all of those boxes. Doesn't mean that you're going to go over to Hull and, and, and win. It's a tough place. Um, but it's something that we need to do. We need to do that this week. We need to do exactly what we say we're going to do. We need to perform really well. We need to enjoy ourselves. I think we've had a we've had a few tough lessons over the last few weeks, and it's not been an enjoyable time. Um, but at the same time, we've we've kept our spirits high. We've been real positive. I certainly have a Z coach, uh, and we're in a, we're in a better place now than we were two weeks ago. I'd still like our full complement of players to get back. Um, I, I really would, but uh, we, 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 we'll be getting there. Yeah, with that, look, Lussick uh, going to Featherstone on loan, does that mean Aaron just isn't as bad as first feared? And, and can you tell us a bit about Ben Davis and what to expect from him? Well, it just means that we, yeah, it's just a positional, it's a, a Darcy plays in a position where we, we're quite well covered uh, and he needs to play some more minutes. We couldn't afford him that opportunity here. At the moment, um, so we'll go out on loan. Ben Davis is 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 a strong, robust centre. He's young and he's a bit raw, but at the same time, uh, he's played Super League. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him play for Salford. I think it'd be great for us. Yeah, what shirt on Sky with Brian Carney? And, and you said you had a tricky start uh, when you with Halifax. Um, obviously, you turned it around. Do you see sort of some similar similarities here at Salford uh, for that time? I do. I do in some respects. Obviously, the, the level of play, the quality, the detail is far more intense. Uh, we, you know, we're, we're a better squad and better players, but ultimately it's relationships you have to build and you have to build trust and teamwork. Uh, and, we, and we're going through those processes. So, yeah, uh, if we can go on a 10, 11, 12 game winning streak towards the end of the year, I'll be a happy coach. Um, but, yeah, we'll just have to make sure that we're concentrated on this game this week. OK, our tough place to go. But at the same time, uh, yeah, we're real confident. Yeah, three of your next four games are away from home against your rivals for a playoff spot. How big of a test is that for you and, and your players? Yeah, whether you're a home or away, it's a test. Um, the, the, I think the most testing period we've had is 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 the last you know the last three games we've had that you know the play of the three teams at the, at the top of the competition table uh, has been has been tough and certainly took its toll on our squad. Uh, that means that these games, they're, they're no less of opposition just because they're not sitting at the top of the table, probably even more so. There's a little bit of pressure down where we are at the moment and that's that's why we've got to perform really well and enjoy what we're doing. I think that's the key word. Uh, control what we can control uh, and, and then and enjoy being uh, being a team. Yeah, you say it's took its toll, but do you feel like you learned something from that, from that period? Yeah, we did. You live from every game. I thought the win game, we, we, we get a, got far, far more out of that than any game this year that we went toe-to-toe. Again, it, was, it wasn't our strongest team, um, but it was such a dogged performance. And, and, and obviously, looking back, you know, if we'd, if we'd have got a drop goal or whatever it was, it'd be, we'd, have, we'd be having different conversations now. You know, hopefully, we'd have kicked on against Warrington, but that's, that's history now. All we can do is look forward to the future. Uh, this Friday and then obviously the following Friday against Huddersfield. Yeah, final one from me. What are the three most important things you're looking for from your players against the uh, at weekend? Yeah, good question. Uh, consistency. So putting two halves of rugby together. Uh, enjoying. I think we need to enjoy ourselves a little bit now, take the pressure off the players and enjoy it uh, and win. That's it. Brilliant. Cheers, Rick. Good luck.
Thank you. So, Richard Marshall speaking to me in the pre-match press conference, uh, Parker, and he, he the, the key word for me, the buzzword in the whole sort of uh, interview was uh, enjoyment. Talking about pressure and enjoying that moment. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. It, it was good. He sounded quite upbeat, really. You know, obviously a couple of weeks off, and they, they've had a, you know a chance to look at things. Um, yeah, enjoying your rugby is important. Um, but I suppose that the pressure of being near the bottom can get to you like the pressure at the top of the league, obviously. Um, and, but the players have just got to avoid that, look away from that, and think right. This is a new a new week. We've had this break now. This could be the you know the start of, of, of where we're going. Um, I thought he spoke really well there, Richard. Actually, I think he's uh, you know he's obviously under a bit of, a bit of pressure now. You know he's he's only sort of what eight nine ten games into his you know including the cup games into his tenure. Um, but it is you know it is he's cutthroat, isn't it? Um, but he did you know, saying that you've got to enjoy it. You know, I think once you do start enjoying your game, you, you do play better. You know, like take that stress away from them, make them, you know, make them feel that there, there isn't that pressure. Just go and play your game and, and do what you're going to do. Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting to listen to him. Um, uh, obviously, he's got frustrations still with players missing. Uh, not as many as maybe before, but um, yeah, no, I thought it was quite a good interview, really. Yeah, cheers, Parker. <laughs> the, uh, he obviously he was talking about building up positive uh, processes, Paul. And I suppose it is a thing, obviously, when you're when you're struggling, you've got to find ways to to sort of take the pressure off and motivate the players. Uh, I'm sure I asked him about his time at Halifax, and he started badly there and turned it round. And and he thought that you know there were similarities. He's done it before, and he's confident he can do it again. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like we said, we've had a difficult start to the season, haven't we? And now we're going to get judged on these games because pretty soon a couple of weeks time we'll have played everybody won't we so then, then you can start judging it but eight games in is you know it's not that many what we're a third way through the season I suppose now so it's it's, it's gone quick hasn't it and um, you know I know Lee is struggling down there with us aren't they as well and he only takes a couple of wins doesn't he like a few weeks ago Oka were down there and struggling weren't they and they'd have been on the end of a few club defeats but they've, they've turned things around won four matches now so yeah, you're only as good as your last game, aren't you? So, I think we can get a result this weekend against Ulkar. I mean, I've watched a bit of them this season and they've impressed me. They're a very entertaining team. Defence seems to be a bit ropey at times, but they'll move the ball about and they'll, they'll try things. And they've got players there, I think, who are playing really well. I mean, that Kane Lynette, he, he's probably one of the, the form players in the league, in form back rows in the league. Jordan Abdul moving around the pitch. They've got some pace out wide as well. And Matt Parcell, the hooker, always impresses me. So, they've got, they've got some good players. I think... For me, they're a bit like we was a couple of years ago. Not like loads of star names, but they've got everybody there doing the job, and and that's what you need sometimes. And I wasn't dead convinced by the Tony Smith appointment when he when he went there. Uh, we'd done everything at Warrington and Leeds, and I thought perhaps this is just a bit of a retirement home for him. But he, he seems to be, you know, he's got his players switched on and playing for him. And when you've got a team like that, they're going to be dangerous. I think that's what Richard Marshall is aiming for at Salford. It's difficult for him at the moment with the chopping and changing of the team, but. Sometimes you only need a couple of wins and, and things can change, can't they? You know, I, I always think back to 2019. I know it was a special season, that, but we played Ulkar at uh, the Magic Weekend and it was absolutely dire. We lost that game. We got stuffed at home to Huddersfield and, and away at Wigan. And then all of a sudden, bang, we beat Warrington away from home. Players' attitudes changed and they went a big winning run. 
So I know it's a different team this season, but sometimes all it takes is, is one result and people can sort of look at it different, start playing with a smile on the face. Things can fall into place. You know, Joe Burgess might have a great game and settle in. So you don't know. You, you've got to approach the, the game this weekend with an open mind after a couple of weeks off. Yeah, he talks about consistency, enjoying the game and winning, Parker. That's the main thing. We need a win. Winning's pretty important. Yeah, I, yeah, I go along with that. Um, just going back to what Paul was saying about OKR, I noticed when we came back from the, uh, the, the break last year, they seemed to change style. Uh, they were very sort of carefree. You know, they, they would fling the ball about and score tries from all over. They look, they look really good. I think they started this season like that, a bit more play off the cuffs, play, you know, and, and rather than just sticking to a structure all the time. I think Tony Smith's kind of gone, look, I've, all, I've done all this. I know, you know, he's looked at his team on paper and probably thought, like, like we all did before the season, this isn't the strongest team in Super League by a long way. In fact, it's probably one of the, you know, the weakest. I think we all agreed at the start of the year with all care, I might struggle a little bit. And then he's probably said to him, well, let's play to our strengths. And our strengths are shift that ball about, you know, and that's where they'll cause problems. They've got, they have got some really, really good players, but they've got a lot of workmen out there and all lads who will just put a shift in for you. So it's, um, it's an interesting matchup. Um, I'd love to have seen us with, a, with our full complement of players. I think um, I think it backed us quite quite well. Then uh, we've got a decent record at OKR, really. Well, certainly at New Craven Park, anyway. But it's going to be it's going to be tough for us uh, with with players missing again, certainly in the back line. And that's where they, like I say, they'll move the ball about. And that's where they'll exploit us. I think Ryan Hall is he he'll, he'll be playing one. Is he fit? Yeah. Uh, you know, we know he's scores he scores tries for fun. So it, it is going to be tough. But like Paul said earlier, winning is important. And, and we mentioned about enjoying the game. And if you enjoy the game, you, you probably play a little bit better. But for me, it's about coming out with some credit from this game. We're away from home. You know, it's never easy to, to win anywhere. Um, so we just go there, put in the performance we can. If we get beat and we've given everything, we left it all on the pitch, there's nobody going to complain. You know, or if a decision goes against us or... You know, whatever, a drop ball at the wrong time and they go and score. Anything can happen in the game of rugby and you just go accept that. But the attitude's got to be right. If we go there with the right attitude, there's no reason we can't come away with two points. It will be tough and they are good and they will have their fans with them. Let's not forget that. Mm. You know, they'll have all 3,000 fans and you're not there like it's It's not pleasant at the best of times. <laughs> so it'd be very hostile for the lads. But uh, just got to put that behind you and just concentrate on what you do as an individual uh, and what you contribute to the team. And there's no reason we can't go there and get something out of it. So there's basically two games going on here, Paul. There's there's the game against all Kingston Rovers and the, and the game or the battle for hearts and minds. That's right. He nailed it. He's nailed it, Parker. I mean, before you can think about winning a game, you've got to compete in it and get your attitude right. Otherwise, you're not going to win a game. So we need to go there and compete first. If we go there with the same attitude that we had against Warrington, all okay, will get 40 points. So we've got to go there and we've got to defend. We've got to defend for each other. We've got to defend that goal line because they're going to get ball. They're going to get ball and they're going to have that crowd behind them there. And you're going to be in the trenches and you're going to have to get there on that line. You're going to have to work. People are going to have to work and back each other up. You can't be waiting for somebody else to do the work because that's when you get steamrolled. So everyone's got to do the job. And if you do that, you've got a chance of getting a result. We've got players there who are good enough to compete with Wilkinson Rovers. You know, that's been no disrespect to them. We've got a decent squad there. So... 
you know, it's going to be difficult, like Parky said. I think we had a full-strength side. I'd fancy us to win that game, but I still think we can we can get a result. So, uh, first things first, get your attitude right, work for each other, 100% out of everybody, and you'll be in with more than a chance of winning that game. Score prediction, Parky, what's your, what's your gut saying? Now, that's, that's, this is, this is a, it's a good question. I know, uh, I know Paul knows that I, I, I bottled it on Prediction League yeah, elsewhere. Yeah. Um, That's it. I just, because, yeah. because we're going there, and we need a strong referee, by the way. Oh, I will say that because they'll, they'll give him some stick if he's giving us penalties, um, or, or whatever. So we do need a strong ref. I don't know who it's going to be this week, but, um, prediction. So I've got to be optimistic. I've got to, I've got to think, think the best of us. We need to bounce back. The players have had a fortnight to think on their their sins from the week from the Warrington game. I like it. Keep going. I, I'm dragging this out. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with a late Salford victory oh. of eighteen sixteen. Yeah. Is it a story? Say it's a late one. How's it? How's it play out? I think. I think. Um, I think we we come from behind. Oh yeah, and uh, it's um, we 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 kick off to them, and uh, their player whoever it is drops it. We get a scrum, and we get it out wide, and Kenny Seal scores in the corner against his former team. Well, we didn't have scrums anymore. I was thinking that <laughs> same thing. You know what I mean? Play the ball. Play the ball. <laughs> um, did I write it down now? Um, I use the same one as I use in my prediction league. You see, I'm not like Park. He does one on there, then there's another one. He, he doubles his bets. And he doubles jacks. Um, I think I put on there. Mine was a similar score to Parkers. I think it was twenty two eighteen or twenty eighteen. So I got twenty two eighteen to solve it. Eighteen twenty two. Yeah. Is there a story behind that? Um, no, not really. I have to make one up now, won't I? Yep. Uh, I think I I I, I fancy. I'm being honest now. I I think we'll win. I think we'll win on Friday night. I think we've had that two weeks off. I think it's done us a world of good. I think Oka are playing well, but I just think we'll play really well and it'll be a tight game. It's always a tight game. Well, nine times out of ten, it's a tight game up there, isn't it? Um, what, who's going to score late on? Um, Joe, Joe Burgess, late try on his debut. Yeah. Like a plan, we'll take that. What's weather going to be like? It's going to be nice, I think. Mm. Yeah. I think so. Okay, it's going to be nice. So, I'm going to go Salford 36, Hull KR. 20 36-20 and who's going to score maybe two with all here hat-trick he'll be, that'll, be the, that'll be the the big news of the weekend two with hat-trick sinks Rovers there's your headline there's your headline for your match report Paul, let's throw that in there for you now get some money on that two with hat-trick 3620, you don't have to move house yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Buy a new car. <laughs> you get good odds on that. <laughs> yeah, so that's yeah. the end of this week's uh, podcast. Really great show, another good show, packet. Yeah, really enjoyed it. So uh, we had a bit more to talk about than we did last week. So um yeah, it's been good. It's been good to see you both as well. Yeah, another great show, Paul, talking all things Sulfur and Devils, covering all the big stories of the uh, of the week. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I'm going to have to sort somewhere out to sit, though. I've been sat on my bum for the last hour. <laughs> get level with the camera. So I'll get myself a seat sorted next week. I'm going to get a background as well, like Parker, because I love that. Then I'll stand there behind him. It's great. But yeah, really enjoyed it, lads. And uh, looking forward to the match this weekend. Yeah, big thanks for tuning to this week's uh, Devil in Detail podcast. Abra Parkson, you can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. YouTube. 
See you next week for more Soul for the Devil's Chat.